Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Sunday night. Oh, God, here we go. What's up, brother man? We got Joe. We got the the, the Cajun Libertarian, as as seen in USA Today, uh, being called a liar. So he must be right about something if USA Today is calling him, calling him a liar. So we've got... Uh, some news articles to go over tonight. We've got the whole gambit. We've got weed. We've got reparations. We've got uh, people being upset about elementary school teachers not talking to five-year-olds about sex. And uh, a couple other stories. We'll see if we get to them. Oh, I also get to recant a statement I made last week uh, about the uh, about Judge Jackson... Um, being qualified for the Supreme Court, you'll get to see why. So, all of that here in a minute. Um, we've got to do the ad thing, though. Uh, as you can see on my 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 chesticle there, uh, go to Natalie electnatliebruno.com. Help uh, Miss Bruno out. When she she needs to win governor of Oklahoma so she can throw a massive pool party at the governor's mansion, which if you didn't know, the governor's mansion in Oklahoma has a pool the shape of Oklahoma. Now, to be fair, to make a pool the shape of an Oklahoma of the shape of Oklahoma, you pretty much do. And then just bring it all together. It's it's a really funky looking rectangle thing. That's it. That's the shape of Oklahoma. So I don't assume it was super complicated, but it was a custom pull job. So I'm sure it's a massive waste of money. But we've got redemptiontactical.com. Use that link right there. Copy some sweet gear. You get you a ballistic face mask. It's sick. Because uh, nothing says uh, COVID safe policy like a ballistic face mask. Because, uh, you know, when you cough in, in the wrong part of town in like New York or California or whatever. I'm sure they'll shoot you eventually anyways. Um, so get, get you one of those. Uh, use that link. Get you a discount. You know, nice things. Uh, let's see. We've got... Uh, go find us on all these platforms. Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. We go live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh I encourage more and more people to follow us on YouTube as seen recently. We've had issues with Facebook and we will continue to have issues with Facebook. So follow us on YouTube. 
until the time comes that we get banned off everything, which I'm sure will eventually happen. But hey, follow us there. Crowned by gold, the third and final book of the Royal Green series by one Jack Flat Earth Casey. I am legally required to say it's a good book, but uh, fuck Jack Casey. The Alaskan Raven for all your meme needs. Go to the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. Tollier for KY.com. That's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number four, KY.com. Go check out James Tollier. Uh, find out why he puts people over politics and it's people helping people. James Tollier is an awesome human being who does awesome human stuff. Uh, so go check him out. What else we got here? Oh, that's it. We're done. Quick. I blew through that quick tonight. Hey, uh, the link is right there. Boom. In the comments we go. All right. So the first article I'm going to talk about tonight, uh, is we're going to, we're going to touch on reparations. And the reason why I'm touching on this one first is the same reason I'm wearing the shirt. It's Oklahoma. And this is a conversation that Miss Bruna, Bruno and I have had, uh, where we don't necessarily agree on the the tactics for actual reparations. Um, I don't believe that any handouts of any kind benefit individuals, whereas she has, I'm not going to speak for her. She can speak for herself on that, but she, we've disagreed on some things. She said she used to have a similar stance and then she did a research, whatever. Anyways, however, I do agree that there does need to be something that's done. Uh, to help benefit communities that have been historically damaged by uh, policy from whether it's state or federal government um, that were designed to target black communities. Now, what that looks like, in my opinion, is very different from what this article is going to talk about and what a lot of other people are talking about. However, we're going to go through this article. We'll, t- we'll see what they're talking about, and I will I'll give you my take on this. So... Um, so the, the headline is, and this is from the Washington post. So, you know, it'll be whatever, uh, this historic all black town once reparations, once thriving, uh, Tallahassee, Oklahoma was ravaged by government policies. Weren't they all, uh, Tallahassee, Oklahoma. If you really concentrate, you can imagine the town that this community's elders described. There was a grocery store on the highway and the gas station. There were, uh, there were the shops where children walked to go buy lunch for 50 cents on school days. There was Miss Sadie's Chicken Shack and uh, Dr. Miner's office. All of that's gone now. In their place, either vacant lots or dilapidated buildings. Uh, <clears throat> today, you're more likely to see loose dogs than people on Lincoln Street, the town's main drag. There are a couple of horses in a yard just across from the town hall, which used to be the center of bustling commerce district. Uh, now Lincoln Street has a handful of homes, the low-slung cinder block town hall, two churches, and just one storefront, Bates Barbecue. At least they got barbecue. Uh, that's the only thing you need in the world. You can fight me on that. Barbecue is the only food source you need. Uh, the once-thriving all-black town of Tallahassee was ravaged by government policies that devastated it, and other black communities said Mayor uh, Keisha Curran and she says the city is owed reparations to get back on its feet. Last year, Curran joined mayors organized for reparations and equality uh, or more. A group founded by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti and Denver Mayor Michelle Hancock. Michael Hancock, sorry. Uh, it counts 
more than a dozen mayors across the country as members, and its goal is to become a laboratory for new reparations programs that address slavery and decades of explicitly anti-black government policies that followed. And it goes into talking about the history of the town. It talks about how certain policies affected the town in different ways. It goes into talking about the population of the town. It's 83 people. Don't know if it still qualifies as the town, but Hey, it, it, it still has history and it still deserves to exist. Um, but, 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 and it's talking about how, uh, they're different in their, their claim for reparations and how they were specifically targeted by racists. They were targeted by the government and all these other things, all the claims that every town that is crying for reparations says Tallahassee actually has a serious claim for reparations. They were, uh, a very bustling town at one point that was actually destroyed by racist policy by actual uh, lynch mobs um, this was a town that was originally founded as uh, slaves who had run away or just people who were uh, uh, black americans who were fleeing racist policies in the south um, and they 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 founded this town and built it from nothing now what they are asking for if i can find it here uh and this is from the, the current mayor, Mayor Curran, uh, who is 38, a fourth generation Tallahassee resident. They, and this is what they said. You're talking about funding. You're talking about grants. You're talking about missed opportunities just because of the town you lived in. And, and so being able to be part of rebuilding and reparations is definitely momental, monumental for our communities. Cash isn't going to build your town back, bud. Hate to tell you that. It is not. It never has and never will. There is no amount of money that will rebuild that town. And here's why. As we've seen over the last three years, you hand money from the federal government to people. One of two things happens. Number one, there is so much red tape and stipulation that is attached to that money you will either A, be stuck with a bill you cannot pay, so you end up right back or worse than where you are at. Or two, you're handed that money, it's it's spent poorly, which all government money is spent poorly when it's handed from federal to state governments or even to local governments. It's almost always spent poorly. And therefore, we end up on the same square again of, hey, you didn't give us enough the first time. We need more. My suggestion has always been do two things. Number one, erase any tax debt that this town has. Period. Cut dry. That's it. Like it, like it is a clean slate. This town is brand new. Number two, remove taxes from this town for 10 years. 10 years. That's it. Uh, keep it a historically black town. If if uh, if black Americans wish to move to this town, they will also be tax exempt. Um, and we'll, we'll even go a step further and say only black Americans living in this town will be ex- tax exempt. So Hispanic Americans that move there will pay taxes. White Americans who move there will pay taxes. Uh, Asian Americans, anyone that is not a black American that moves to this town will pay taxes. However, 
Black Americans that live in that town will be tax exempt. Sales tax, property tax, federal income tax, all of it. No tax will be paid. That will spur growth. Massive amounts of growth. Because what you'll see happen is you'll see black Americans who who have the, the income move to this town and set up shop. In the idea that they will potentially be getting in early on massive growth. Because when you tell people that they will not be paying taxes. Oh, here's a good question. Uh, what if they weren't descendants of uh, shadow slavery? I can never say the word. I'm sorry. I just, I suck. I suck. So here's, here's, here's what my rebuttal to this will be. Don't care. The reason being is it's a little more selfish than, than that. Um, no, a lot of black Americans don't have descendants of slavery. But where I'm going with this is if we can prove that a town can thrive without taxes, then we can make the argument that maybe an entire county can survive without taxes or that maybe an entire state can survive without taxes. Or better yet, we can scale it up and say, hey, maybe the entire nation can survive without taxes. But what I'm going to say is, this this will be a good opportunity to start somewhere. I think, um, and this is not like me saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna allow these you know these underprivileged black people to to be our scapegoat." No, this is giving them their opportunity to rebuild their town, rebuild it however they want to, take government completely out of it, completely out of it. If it's government that ruined your town, why would you want that same government to rebuild it for you? Rebuild your damn town how you want to. Take them completely out of it. And if charities want to pour money into that town, it should still be tax-free. Let BLM talk, be about what they are talking about. Let BLM pour a million dollars into this town. I mean, they've got millions to spare. I mean, how many of their, their higher echelon have bought multi-million dollar mansions? Let's make this town tax-free and pass the buck to BLM. And let them be about what they've talked about. Or all these other groups that have that have taken in money and the, and the, the claim that they're about black communities. This is a historically black town. This isn't a historically black college or a black neighborhood, or a black street. This is an entire town that is... <laughs> I struggled on that one. That is in, that is historically black. Let black Americans rebuild it. Let them build it how they want to. Take government out of it. Stop looking to the government that has pressed down on your neck for centuries for help because they're not going to give it to you. I promise you they will not. And the help that they're giving you is a carrot and behind that carrot is a box and that box is being held up with a stick. And as soon as you grab that carrot, guess what? The stick comes out and the box comes down and you're screwed twice as hard. We've seen it for centuries. Ask the native Americans. How great are they doing these days on these reservations that they were graciously given? Plot twist. They're freaking not. They are not doing great. And it, it is a very sad sight to see. Like, the, this was obviously a once 
uh, you know, very bustling town. There was tons of people. Families have lived here for a very, very long time. However, as as government does, it has destroyed a good thing. You can't have a good thing without government trying to kill it. Um, I mean, there's tons and tons of photos of people. Uh, just and it's it's a lot of it is it's it's a sob story piece, right? It, it's it's supposed to trigger an emotional response. There's not a whole lot of logic and fact in it. It's supposed to appeal to your emotional side. However, it is a it's a fairly decent article that talks about the history of the town, and it does actually have a correction at the end of the article, um, where it corrects a quote. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 an emotional it's an emotional appeal piece, which is fine. This is an emotional story for a lot of people who live in, especially live in that town or live in areas, or who have had to flee the town because of its um it struggles and it even talks about how uh um the the town almost had its water supply shut off from another uh, from a neighboring town because of a debt they were owed that that they owed to that next town of thirty thousand dollars and they were only bringing in a revenue of about two thousand dollars a year um let's see so it it talked about something that took them a long time uh, to pay it off and all this. Um, and like I said, it's it's a Washington Post article. It, the headline is, This Historic All-Black Town Wants Reparations. It won't be hard to find. You can very easily find it. It was published on April 1st at 6 a.m. by Emmanuel Felton. Go check it out. Yes, Joe, government does have a very long history of doing horrible, terrible things to humans, uh, whether it's their own people or others. They have a long history of doing really egregious things and trying to justify all of it. Speaking of Native Americans, looks like some good news has surfaced on that front. After 400 years. So this is a CNN article. Which is. It physically hurts my soul to read. CNN's junk. But we'll go through this one. It's it's not it's not horrible. Um, so the Rappahannock tribe. Uh, a native tribe in Virginia. Has reacquired. 465 acres of sacred land. At Phones Cliff. Uh, Secretary of the Defense. I'm struggling not. Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, uh, and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services Director Martha Williams celebrated the tribe's reacquisition of the land on Friday, according to a press release from the Department of the Interior. Uh, we have worked for many years to restore this sacred place to the tribe. Sure you have. Um, and uh, said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is the chief saying that. Uh, we have worked for many years to restore this sacred place to the tribe. Uh, said the Rappahannock Tribe Chief Anna Richardson, according to the Chesapeake Conservatory, uh, with eagles being prayer messengers, this area where they gather has always been a place of natural and cultural and spiritual importance. Um, and so essentially this is, uh, it's like a holy land for them. Essentially, um, whatever the reason being, I, 
don't really care what the reason is. They got it back. It's 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 land that they see vital to their tribe. Good. Give it back to them. I have said many, many times the federal government should not be in the, the business of owning land. Shouldn't be. Even if you think it's for conservation purposes, it should not be in the business of owning land. Do you know why? Because the government is only good at conserving itself, not land, not people, not your rights, nothing. The government doesn't give a flying crap about conservating anything except for its own existence and its own power over you. But it is good. I am very glad to see that this tribe is getting 465 acres of land that they held sacred back. Now, it's been 400 years, but they are getting that land back. And it's in Virginia. So it's not like this is uh, dried up land out in the Midwest. This is lush green land. And uh, if I remember correctly, this is like oceanfront-ish land. Yeah, Chesapeake. Yeah, so it's it's in the Chesapeake watershed. So it's, I mean, this is good, you know, land. Um, so that's good. I'm, I'm glad to see this happened. Um, there is some good news and, and all the, the bad out there. Some more good news, which um, many of you have probably seen. Uh, we'll go to the, the Hill article first. The House has approved a bill legalizing marijuana. I don't know if it goes so far as to legalize it, but the bill itself would remove it from the 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 restricted item list on the federal government's radar. So basically it takes it off the what is it, the class class three narcotics list i believe it is um i don't i don't know i don't know that it does in fact legalize it but it does not make it illegal right so the house passed legislation on friday to legalize marijuana nationwide and eliminate the long-standing criminal penalties for anyone who distributes or possesses it Lawmakers passed. See, that's that's the big thing. The it, the the criminal penalties for anyone who distributes or possesses it. That's the key thing. Lawmakers passed a bill largely along party lines, two hundred and twenty to two hundred and four, with three Republicans joining all but two Democrats in support. The three Republicans who voted for the bill were Representative Matt Gates out of Florida, Brian Mast out of Florida, and Tom. McClintlock out of California, uh, while Democratic reps Henry Culler out of Texas and Chris Pappas out of New Hampshire voted against it. Yes, descheduled is the correct word because uh, it is currently, like I said, it was classified as um, as a scheduled narcotic, right? Uh, <clears throat> so it's it's on the it's like a class three scheduled narcotic, which means that. Uh, it has federal ramifications for possession. Um, what this does is removes it from that classification, which doesn't necessarily legalize it, but it means that the federal government will no longer enforce uh, or support enforcement of marijuana possession or distribution. 
which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's a good thing. But it's not legalization, right? It's not. If, if, and I could be wrong. Everything I've seen is just saying that. This is how you get banned. No, you're not getting put in timeout. You're going to ban uh, naked HDXYZ online strips without clothing was blocked. Good. Oh, so it is a Schedule 1 drug now. Okay. I was thinking, yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, the legal stuff. Anyways, my understanding is that it's being removed from the illegal category, and it'll be in that gray area where they're just not going to enforce any illegality against it, but they're not also going to say that it's legal. Right? So, um. That's also a good question, Matt Lacey. How will the FDA reschedule it without legislation? That'll be that'll be a good question moving forward. So, essentially, my understanding is that the FDA um, will have to resume a lot of the studies that they've done. They, they've kind of half-assed done studies over the years, but they didn't really want to do the studies because the FDA has no actual interest in legalizing marijuana because as it turns out the fda is majority controlled by pharmaceutical companies because that's who's sliding the cash under the table so the fda doesn't really care about your health or safety they're care they care about what's benefiting them who's scratching their back so they can scratch theirs as we've seen with the covid vaccines which you know as we know uh was completely on the up and up, right? I mean, there was nothing shady about those vaccines being ramrodded into the the public's arm. And now we're seeing like 30 pages of side effects coming out that uh, they said didn't exist, but yet 30 pages of side effects are coming out. Anywho, yes, I'm sure the FDA will resume their studies to figure out how they want to tax the hell out of you with it and how many doctors you have to see to get it. But... This is progress, and I won't knock progress in the right direction. So, but it is it is still a giant monster that is clobbering through the forest, destroying things that shouldn't be destroying things. And I will say, uh, kudos to Matt Gates, Brian Mast, and Tom McClintlock who stepped against their party to do the right thing and legalize or try to. Uh, decriminalize marijuana. I can say for certain that my uh, representative here in the state of Tennessee in the first district uh, did not vote in favor of legalizing marijuana. Why? Because she is a pharmacist who would lose money by legalization of marijuana. Can't imagine why. I can't imagine why a pharmacist would vote against that. Oh, you mean the same pharmacist whose husband was arrested uh, under felony charges for selling fake drugs? I'm I'm sure these people have our best interests in mind. So let's 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 move on down here. So 
The measure now goes to the Senate where Majority Leader Charles Schumer, or Chuck Schumer, a Democrat in New York, is working with fellow Democrats to introduce a marijuana legislation bill as soon as this spring. Why? Why are we waiting? But it's not clear a bill to broadly legalize marijuana could, could clear the necessary 60 votes to advance in the Senate. Why? Schumer may not have enough support within his own Democratic caucus. Why? At least two Democrats who represent states ravaged by the opioid epidemic, Senators Joe Manchin and Janine Shanine, New Hampshire, have expressed skepticism about the proposal. Why? The opioid epidemic is originated at the doctor's office, giving someone 30 pills. 29 of them are counteracting the first one, and the 28 subs- uh, following that, that second pill are counteracting it. When you're giving people that are that have pills that are counteracting other pills, that's how you start this epidemic. You give, you give an 18-year-old Percocet, a high dose of Percocet, and expect them to just be fine with it once they're off is not kosher. It is not cool. Putting people on pain meds for long term instead of solving the problem is not cool either. Marijuana would solve the majority of a lot of these problems that people are being drugged up for. Kids are being given antidepressant medication. Why? Because they want to control their behavior. You know what would solve their antidepressant or their 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 uh, their depression? Marijuana that uplifts them and makes them feel better about their day. I'm not saying depression is just easily solved, right? There are underlying conditions. But instead of giving them a bag full of pills, give them a plant that can grow in their backyard that they can grow themselves for very little. Let them cure themselves or let them help themselves. But no, we can't do that. We've got to give them a bag full of pills at a young age for ADHD, for for depression, for anxiety for all these other things you know maybe the kids are on so much like have so much anxiety now because the entire system's rigged to keep them down and then they tell them you're useless unless you go to college but these kids don't want to go to college because when you're looking at sixty thousand dollars in debt and you may not get a good job to pay off that debt you're going to be anxiety ridden so yes the opioid epidemic is caused by a freaking plant that has been on this planet longer than we have. But that's the cause, right? Maybe next week they'll say that uh, that oak trees caused global warming or like blue tongue and deers. The cognitive dissonance is insane. This idea that weed is causing these massive problems. I'll admit, I smoked a lot of weed in high school. The day I turned 18, because I lived in the state of Virginia, the day I turned 18, quit. Because Virginia was one of the strictest states at that time for marijuana possession. They would throw you under the jail for it. For no other reason than monetary benefits. That's it. Uh, My wife has... Uh, issues that she has been dealing with for a very long time that Delta 8, Delta 8 has been helping her with. 
a good family friend of mine who's a doctor was prescribing her stuff that was that caused her a lot of problems like it was supposed to help treat these issues they were making them worse like if she missed a day it made it worse if she if she had to come off of it for a while for for some reason it made it worse delta 8 has significantly increased her 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 uh standard of living hands down and that's like from the moment she consumes it to the moment she goes to sleep it's a much better day for her which is fan freaking tastic there are vets that are that are struggling with PTSD every single day these are guys that that you said needed to go to Afghanistan and Iraq and die for this shitty country that hates their people. And then when they get back, you give them a bag full of pills. If you give them anything at all, you give them a bag full of pills and tell them to figure it the hell out. When in reality, maybe all they need is some weed. And this sounds like some hippie garbage to some people I know. But there are people that do understand. There is serious research that gets stifled every single day about how marijuana or cannabis use helps people. And it doesn't even have to be the part of a cannabinoid that gets you high, the THC part. It can be the CBD. Uh, look, I, I know very little about this stuff, right? Like, um, I'm probably like, this must sound like what some people like to me how some people sound talking about guns. Like you pull, you pull the trigger and the gun goes off. And I'm like, Oh my God, there are people like Matt Lacey and Joe Vasquez who are watching like, dude, what the hell are you talking? I'll be honest. I know very little about all this stuff. I know Delta eight is legal. Delta nine is legal. Delta 10 is legal. Then like weed is illegal in my state. And then like, you can have CBD, which is apparently different. I get it. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'll save you time on typing out how much of an idiot I am. However, this stuff helps people in serious ways without getting them addicted to Percocets or Oxy or whatever. Methamphetamines. This stuff is seriously beneficial with almost no negative results. It helps with eating disorders. It helps with sleep. I mean... The idea that this this right here is a primary example. I'm 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 just going to keep ranting about this because why not, right? Um, there are 100 senators in the U.S. Senate. 100. You need a simple majority, which is 60. Well, that's that's not a simple majority. It's it's a majority of uh 60 to 40. Um, a simple majority would be like 51, right? That's the basic majority. Um, they would need 60 votes to pass this legislation. Why are we still having these conversations? We're not seeing massive opioid overdoses in Colorado. Colorado was one of the first states to openly... I think California, uh, Colorado was... What it was the first state to fully legalize recreational cannabis use, wasn't it? I mean, I think I think it was. I could be wrong, but I think it was. We, you know, what we've seen Colorado do. Colorado went from a state that was the forty second poorest state in the nation, so it was like 
not the richest. It was the 42nd richest state in the nation. So encumbered with debt that it had no idea what it was going to do. They passed uh, legal recreational marijuana. Now, I don't endorse taxes, but they used that tax money from legal cannabis, paid off their debt. You know I know where they sit in that grand scale from, from 1 to 50. I think the last time I checked, they were number three. Number three. That's a huge difference. They were actually number one at one point in time, and then they've started implementing all the social policies, which have started creeping them back down. However, that is a huge difference. We're The states that we see legalized cannabis, um, uh, we see legalized cannabis as a recreational level, we see opioid deaths go down. We see police interactions with the general public go down. Percentage of interactions going down. When you reduce the interactions of police officers with the general public, you know what happens? Two things. One, the number of cops that die on the street go down. The number of civilians that are dying on the street go down. So if you want to see fewer dead cops and fewer cops shooting people on the nightly news, guess what you do? You legalize weed. You start... You start reducing the interactions of cops with the general public. One of the greatest ways to do that, legalize weed. What is the number one? Uh, the majority of Americans have an interaction with one drug and one drug alone. Uh, marijuana. The majority of Americans who have used some kind of what they would classify as a drug have either consumed, smoked, ate, whatever, consumed in some way, shape, or form, THC, through weed or an edible or whatever, right? So, yeah, we'll 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 get into the taxation part here in a minute. But, um, it's just I don't I I don't understand why we're still having this argument. We've seen states who have been doing it for years. The case study is already there. There is no good argument for it anymore. My home state of Tennessee actually tried to push through legislation that would put marijuana legalization on the ballot this November. 80% of Tennesseans supported it. 80% died in the House. It's tabled till next year. Tennessee has a uh, has a maximum number of days in which session or they in which they the 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 state house can be in session it's 90 days 90 days emergency sessions can be called and it can be extended but it has to be for good reason and you have to have a uh like a two-thirds majority to to extend past 90 days but it's 90 days it was tabled till next year why you know why because next year's not election year (laughs) next year is not a year in which these representatives will be up for re-election. So they'll push it to next year and then they'll kill it. They will brutally murder it next year or they will they will bastardize the bill so much that no one will be able to recognize what is and what isn't legal. But you do know what almost came there. Actually, I, I need to double check it. They are trying to ban uh, Delta 8 in the state of Tennessee. They claim it's a public a public safety risk. If you want to ban Delta 8, legalize THC, legalize weed. 
if you're worried because Delta Eight is synthetic something or other, make the real thing legal then. They don't want to. There's too much money to be made having it illegal. Once again, this is an example that democracy does not work. It never has and never will. 80% of Tennesseans support legalization of marijuana in the state of Tennessee. Recreational. 80%. It's higher than Mississippi's was when they were shot down. 80%. And it was still tabled. If politicians in this state were afraid of their constituents like they should be, that thing would have blown through the house and would have just been legalized same day. However, because Tennessee is a Republican majority state and it is a super majority state, meaning that only one area, one area alone uh, resides heavily blue, and that is the Memphis area. Don't know why. If it remains blue. So, House Democrats previously passed a bill to legalize marijuana in December 2020, but that measure didn't go anywhere in the Senate, which was still under GOP control at the time. Oh, good, we're blaming Republicans again. Uh, Which, just earlier in the article, they said they didn't know if they had the Democratic support for it either. Um, the bill titled the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act would clear marijuana-related conviction from people's records and formally remove it from the federal list of controlled substances. That is the, the majority of the bill right there. That is the important part of the bill. Now, however, it won't fix people's lives that it has already ruined. It will give them a, an opportunity to move forward. Now, because there's a lot of people that's already that's missed job opportunities, college opportunities, um, just just there's so much life has been lost because of marijuana being illegal. But this will allow people to have their records expunged, which will be a long, tedious process. It will not be a snap of the fingers overnight ordeal. Anybody who has ever dealt with the legal system in the United States knows that there is nothing quick, expedient or efficient about the system. It is a clunky, stupid machine that does nothing but oppress people. But the simple fact that it would give people the ability to have their convictions removed and have their records expunged as long as marijuana possession was the only offense. That is the big kicker. Now, if you were if you were uh, arrested for possession of a controlled narcotic and a firearm that will not be expunged because that is a uh, those are two crimes that are associated together um, because uh, possession of a controlled substance and a firearm. Those are uh, the the firearm is a booster to your sentence, so they will not expunge that. However, if it is a simple possession or a simple distribution, it will remove those charges. However, very rarely is it just a uh, simple distribution. It's always like uh, intent to distribute to the masses or something, whatever the crap they call it anymore. But yeah. 
Um, and, and it will formally remove it from the federal list of controlled substances, which doesn't necessarily make it legal. It's just saying it's not illegal. If they're not saying we support you smoking weed. It's just saying we're not going to stop you from doing it. Uh, the legislation would also impose a federal tax on marijuana sales. Here you go, Matt, uh, to fund uh, programs aimed at helping communities harmed by the so-called war on drug policies that established harsh punishment for distributing and using drugs. The sales tax would start at 5% and gradually increase to 8% over five years. Holy shit. 8% is a lot. And here's the kicker. That sales tax, that's a federal sales tax. So you're going to pay state sales tax on top of that. So you're looking at a massive amount of taxes you're going to be paying on this stuff if it's legalized at the federal level. And I say legalized, meaning it's not illegal. Proponents argue that it's past time for the federal government to catch up on the majority of states that have legalized marijuana to at least some extent. Yes. 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 For far too long, we have treated marijuana as a criminal justice problem instead of a matter of personal choice in public health. Yes, said House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler. Ugh, can't believe I'm agreeing with uh, with creepy Uncle Nadler, the chief sponsor of the bill. If states are the laboratories of democracy, it is long past time for the federal government to recognize the legislation has been a resounding success and the conflict with federal law has become untenable. Yes. I, my personal opinion is, is once... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know there are quite a few states that that drive the price way up through taxes, which is already wrong. Uh, look, I'm pushing for some kind of progress, but it's uh, whether it's, I mean, just let, let's get it to the point where people aren't being thrown in prison for it. And then we can, we can tar and feather them over uh, taxing. All right. So, yeah, so da, 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 da. Ooh, this is something I didn't know. Before final passage, the House rejected an amendment from Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland, to clarify that people can't be denied security clearances over marijuana use due to 12 Democrats joining, all but two Republicans in opposition. That is interesting. So you will you won't be able to maintain or uh, be given a security clearance of any level if this bill passes. Wow, that's interesting. Hmm. So the city the security clearances are all maintained at the federal level. They're not state. They're not local. They are one hundred percent federally controlled and maintained. Um, so the federal government still would have the ability to deny you a security clearance. If you work for a private contractor, which required you to have that security clearance, you would still be denied that security clearance. If you use uh, mar uh, marijuana, whether it's for medical or personal use. 
that is very interesting because there are a lot of service members that are required to maintain a security clearance in order to keep their position in the military there is a lot of federal bureaucrats that are required to maintain a security clearance so they would either have to lose their position take a lower position take a different position or just quit in order to consume the cannabis that's very interesting because it's saying that basically 12 democrats flipped to deny that amendment from being established that it would prevent you from being denied that security clearance i'd like to know which 12 democrats it was It doesn't say. I mean, it won't because it's the Hill. But, uh, yeah, before final passage, the House rejected an amendment from Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat Maryland, to clarify that people can't be denied security clearances over marijuana use due to 12 Democrats joining all but two Republicans' opposition. Hmm. Currently, I don't know if that'll is that is that something that is if if this passes in the Senate is that still true because I know it is currently because you're legal, technically through the federal government's eyes um, investing in an illegal business. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I did not know anything about that. So uh, I got two more articles I want to go over. So the first one. This one's going to be a doozy. Uh, This one is from Politico, and this is entitled LGBTQ Advocates Sue Over Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. I haven't talked a lot about this one because it's Ron DeSantis doing Ron DeSantis things. However, it's some information has been brought up to me. I don't know how true either side of the argument is because I've heard both sides of it. Um, but I've been, I've been on this war path of just saying whatever the fuck I feel like, because I mean, you can't cancel me if I've, if I'm, if I'm nobody, right? Like if I'm, if I am a nobody, you can't cancel a nobody. So, Hey, um, so Coming out of Tallahassee, Florida, a group of LGBTQ advocates, including organizations, students, parents, and a teacher, sued Florida and the DeSantis administration in federal court Thursday over recently passed parental rights legislation that branded as the Don't Say Gay Bill by opponents. The lawsuit contends that the legislation, which has sparked an uproar with opponents like the Walt Disney Company, which if you're looking for moral arbiters, I would go with the company whose founder was an anti, very anti, uh, very adamant anti-Semite and Nazi supporter. So, uh, and the Biden administration, because that guy is moral high ground material too, uh, is unlawful. Uh, is an unlawful attempt to uh, stigmatize, silence, and erase LGBTQ people in Florida's public schools. It marks the legal challenge for the high-profile measures that Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law on Monday. So, here's the quick and dirty on this. Ready? Hold on to your pants. Public schools should not have an official opinion on personal matters of students. Uh, 
your teacher should not be influencing your decision-making. Your teacher should not encourage you or discourage you from making life choices. Would you like to know why? Because they're a teacher, not a therapist, not a counselor, none of it. They're a teacher. They're supposed to teach. And this, and this doesn't even talk about high school kids. This is kindergarten through third grade. So how old are kindergartners? Five. So you're talking about five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, and maybe nine-year-olds. That's it. What nine-year-old needs to have a conversation with a teacher about sex or anything sexual? The answer is zero. Do you know how many uh, how many high school students should be having a talk, like a private talk with a teacher about sex or anything sexual? Also zero. Teachers are supposed to be teachers. They're supposed to educate students. It is not their job to pass on their morality to you. It is not their job to pass on their political beliefs to you. It is not their job to enforce whatever bullshit they want to on you. Teachers have zero rights with your children. Cut and dry. You know who else has zero rights with your children? The school, the school board, and the superintendent. Educator rights do not exist. You know what rights exist? Parental rights. If your parents, if the parents of that student want to have that conversation with their student, they should. I don't think that, you know, if, if, a, if a, and I, I, so I will, pre- I will say this as well. If a student walks up to a teacher, like let's say a six-year-old, because I have a five-year-old, I understand that they ask off-the-wall questions that you're not prepared for. If a student walks up to a teacher and says, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, why does Timmy have two dads? And if it if it is a same-sex couple raising a child, which is perfectly fine, I think the teacher should be allowed to say, you know, some kids have different families than yours. If you'd like to know more about it, you're more than welcome to ask your parents. That's it. That is a super simple conversation to have with a child. And you know what the child will do? So, okay. And then run off. Because they got they've got the attention span of a freaking squirrel. No joke. Anyone who has a kid in that age range knows that that attention span does not exist beyond them asking the question and walking off. These are not this the they are not erasing LGBTQ people in Florida's public schools. They're not saying, "Oh, you're gay. Come on, we got to get rid of you." What they're saying is is separate the education from whatever political BS you want to push on students. You know, it's really disgusting. And I'm going to get so much hate for this drag shows at schools. You know, it's also really disgusting having strippers at schools. That's a thing that happened. There was a high school, I believe down in Texas or down in Arkansas that had strippers. And now they got in trouble for this. I think the the principal and the coach were fired. The football coach were fired for this. But they hired strippers to come like dance at a at an event, which is disgusting. 
but what we've seen is this hypersexualization or this 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 pivot to use young children for political and personal benefit. Let the freaking kids be kids. Stop using them as a tool. They're not tools, they're kids. And so now it's saying LGBTQ students and parents are unsure about whether they can express or discuss their identities. Uh, And they worry about detention or other possible discipline or exclusion that may result if they do. You know what happens if they do? Like, so let's say, let's say a kid comes in and says, oh, I identify as a female. If that teacher sends them to detention, you know what that is? That's discrimination based on a sexual identity. You know what already protects that? Federal legislation. And I don't, honestly, I don't know of any teachers that I've ever met. And I I see a lot of teachers regularly. I work in an automotive shop. They bring their stuff in. They talk, they talk, they talk. They're teachers, they talk. I don't know of any teacher that would send a student to detention for just saying that they're transgender. That is a outlandish claim. And any teacher that does that deserves to be fired and just their teaching credentials removed because it is a freaking child. It is not a pawn. But the idea that because you're not allowed to push your propaganda BS into kids means that you're going to oppress someone else is absolute, utter garbage. It is. It's absolute trash. Because what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to push this stuff on kids and you're upset that you're not allowed to do it now. Because you don't want schools to be a neutral zone for politics, which I think they should be. I don't think libertarians should be able to push their politics in schools. I don't think Republicans should push their politics in schools. I don't think Democrats should be allowed to push their politics in schools. I don't think the Green Party or the Freedom Party or whoever should be allowed to push their crap in schools. You know why? Because it's not a political event. It is a place where kids go to learn, and they're mandated to learn there. I don't agree with the mandates that kids are required by law to go to school. But if these kids have to go to school, make it neutral. Let the kids go there to learn about colors, about shapes, about two plus freaking two. Let them read about Clifford the Big Red Dog. Let them read about uh, Courage... uh, uh, um, Curious George, they don't need to know what other kids have in their pants. That is none of their concern. They're not old enough to understand what they've got in their pants is. They don't understand how that stuff works yet. Parental rights needs to become a main focal point in education again, especially after the year we've seen. We have seen that educators And facilitators have worked tirelessly to strip rights away from parents. The school system is not the arbiter of your children. You are. And if you think that the public education system is what is right for your kid, whether you believe it or not, is stupid and it makes you a bad parent. You are the parent of your child, not the school board, not the superintendent, not the principal, not the teacher. We need to start reminding ourselves that as the parents, we are the arbiters of our children. We 
are the masters of their education, their health care, their life support. And I don't mean like keeping, like allowing them to live. I mean, food, shelter, water, clothes. We have to remember that we are in charge of our children. They are not old enough to give consent. They don't, they're not old enough to say what they want, especially in elementary school. Kids will say whatever they want to say. I'll ask my five-year-old the same question three times. And you know what I'll get? Three different answers. You know why? Because he doesn't know what he wants. He'll say whatever he thinks will make me happy or the teacher happy or his friends happy. Because that's how they work. They are there to have a good time. They're not super interested in learning. But they go because we make them go. Because the state makes us send them. So, and here's here's the insane part about this. So it goes on, like I said, it said, LGBTQ students and parents are unsure about whether they can express or discuss their identities, and they worry about detention or other possible discipline or exclusion. If that reads the complaint filed in Florida's Northern District in Tallahassee. The subordination and erasure of LGBTQ life that House Bill 1557 seeks to achieve has already begun and has already imposed concrete harms on countless children and families in Florida. Bullshit. I claim bullshit. All this does is it prevents you from pushing your beliefs on other kids. That's not insane. I remember when when the the uh, the the, the same-sex marriage equality marches were really kicking off back in the early 2000s. The entire push, the entire push was we just want the same rights. I am 100% for that. I think, uh, I think government should have no involvement in marriage. <clears throat> As a religious person, I think it is between two people, and if you're religious, it's between two people and whatever deity you believe in. For me, it's myself, my wife, and God. That is it. The state should have no say in it. It's not It's not me saying, I don't like how you get married, so you can't do it. It's you and whoever you choose. Man, if you want to marry 16 people, if you want to get married to 16 other people, that is on you. I bless your heart. Good luck. Don't ask me for help. But that's your right. It is not your right, however, to force some kind of discussion about sex to a five, six, seven, eight, or nine year old. You don't get that right. I don't understand why we have these conversations week after week after week where I have to explain that having sexual conversations with or about children is inappropriate. It's not correct morally or legally. I went after a guy who was supposed to go in Texas, uh, go to the Texas State Convention and debate Hannah Cox because he said that there was no moral argument that he had heard that, that says that you can't have sexual relations with a minor. I went after the guy in PA that 
was endorsed by the Mises Caucus that was a known sex offender. If you want more of this kind of mindset of it is okay to talk about having sex with kids, you know how you get that? Forcing the conversation on five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. That's how you get more of this. Stop pushing your politics on kids. They don't care. The only reason they pretend to care is because you care. They will do whatever you tell them to because they want your approval. They don't actually care. My kids don't actually care about my politics. They do whatever excites me because they want to spend that time with me. I don't understand why we have to have these conversations. Educated rights do not exist. Parental rights are the only rights over the children. Period. The state doesn't have the right. Your your healthcare provider doesn't have the right. The school doesn't have the right. Your freaking pastor at your church doesn't have the right. Only the parents of the children have rights. Period. We're going to go into the final article I'm going to talk about tonight, which is the one I will have to retract my statement about uh, Justice Jackson or Judge. I'm sorry, not Justice. She's not a justice yet. Judge Jackson um, being qualified for the Supreme Court. On paper, her record shows that she is qualified. However, there is one question she answered that shows that inexplicably, without doubt, without any excuse, she is not qualified for the Supreme Court. So Judge Jackson uh, stated that I do not hold a position on whether or not individuals possess natural rights. And this is on page 79 of her response to the written question that was given to her after the the verbal questions, so the the whole the whole sh- uh, dog and pony show where she's on camera and they're asking her questions like, "What is a woman? What color is the sky? What is a potato? What do potato chips taste like?" The stupid ass questions that they were asking her. They they gave her a written questionnaire that she had to fill out. When a judge that is looking to sit on the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's one singular job is to protect the rights of all Americans says, I don't hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. That is an immediate disqualifying answer, period. If you don't know that Americans have inalienable rights that is given to them at birth, Not by government. I'm not even going to say by God. It's by birth. At the day that you step out of your mother's womb, and not step, but you are pushed out of your mother's womb or cut out, whatever. That day, you are given rights by your birth. You have the right to life. You have the right to freedom. You have all of these rights. You have the right to self-defense. You have the right to property. If we have judges that are sitting on the highest court that is designed to protect your rights that don't believe that you possess natural rights, then what the hell are we doing as a nation? What are we going to do? I mean, at this point, we might as well just burn the Constitution, burn the the Declaration of Independence, burn any paperwork that has said that natural rights exist, and let's just get it on. 
Let's go full George Orwell, 1986, thought police and all. Why? I mean, why even fight anymore? Why do we care? If we're just going to ram through people who say, I don't hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. And this is coming out of National Review. And there are links to the, the written questionnaire that she submitted. Jackson's answer comes immediately after this question and answer. Please explain in your own words the theory prevalent among members of the Founding Fathers' generation that humans possess natural rights that are inherent or inalienable. Her response, the theory that humans possess inherent or inalienable rights is reflected in the Declaration of Independence, which states we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. So she says that this is what the the this is what the founding fathers said, but I don't expressly acknowledge this, right? Um, so she she uh, she doesn't. Yeah, I just I. I I don't know where to go anymore. I mean, <laughs> what do we do? I mean, if 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 we put people on the Supreme Court that say, hey, natural rights, what about them? They don't exist. Well, it's already over. I mean, the shooting might as well start, right? Why delay it? Let's go ahead and let's start up the, the, the FEMA concentration, whatever camps. Let's boogaloo. Because without the understanding of inalienable natural rights, you can do whatever sick, deranged thing you want to to other humans. You can. That's why, that's why we've seen... Uh, I appreciate the comment, but Thomas Jefferson actually, I may be misspeaking. I might be the, the incorrect person I'm thinking of, but I do believe Thomas Jefferson uh, actually wrote an original Declaration of Independence that was very different from the one we see now because he wanted to include uh, the African Americans or the the slaves that were on the American continent at the time, and the founding fathers were like, eh, "Let's reel that back because we need North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, um, wasn't Georgia? There was a couple other states that they needed to keep into the fold to make all thirteen hold together, and they knew that they couldn't get rid of the slave trade and in uh, the Americas." Yet, because if they did, the 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 plantation states, the the tobacco and cotton states would have to kind of dip on out because that was their workforce. 
So Thomas Jefferson actually did, I think, if you you can look it up, I think someone does have an actual copy of the original Declaration of Independence he wrote, and I think he went back and rewrote it years later. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. I'll post it after the show. But, yeah, dude, the idea, like just the audacity, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. Uh, I mean, I don't. I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. Oh, so here's the entire response. Here we go. Uh, Oh, my God. This is, yeah, this is the whole thing. Good Lord Almighty. Yeah, I'm not scrolling through all this right now. But uh, I'll post the link in the comments. Here we go. Here we go, little peoples. Uh, so you can command V. There you go. Uh, that's the link to the National Review article. You can go through and look at her answers yourself. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Where do we go from this? I mean, what do y'all think? I mean, is it, is, is it crazy to expect the people at the, in the court at the highest level in the United States, the highest court in the land? Is it crazy to expect people that sit on, on that bench to understand that humans have a certain set of rights that they are born with? It doesn't come from government. It is born. They precede and uh, exist outside of government. That was the entire purpose of the the U.S. Uh, constitutional system, right? That like, rights exist outside of government. All traditional forms of government prior to 1776 rights were handed down uh, from either the monarchy or the the parliament or whatever. The opposite existed in the United States prior to most places, which was rights existed, and then there was government. They weren't the same thing. Like, government could walk around and do what it wanted to, but it couldn't touch these rights. There was nothing it could do. That was the idea, at least. Agorism, that's where we should be go, where we should go, drain the state of their funds, take as much of them as possible. I mean, I agree. I mean, I just, uh. well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go to electdanleybruno.com. Um, if you are a member of a campaign or you are running a campaign, please get in touch with me. I want to start doing a new thing where I rotate uh, campaign shirts in and out. I may even start a segment where I start putting them on the wall behind me if I get enough in. Um, I've got a Natalie Bruno shirt. I need, I'm need. i working with Mr. Wilson to get one from him for his governor run in Tennessee. Um, I have a... Oh, he is running for city council in Tennessee. He is the state treasurer. I'm struggling with his name right now. 
Oh, I love him to death. David Tyler, Mr. David Tyler. I have one of his shirts. It is a very bright neon yellow shirt, which is fantastic because you are not missing this shirt. So if you are a part of a campaign or uh, you running a campaign or whatever, and you've got t-shirts or something like that, you would like to have like issued on the show while I rant about people trying to talk about sex to kids. <laughs> it is not always pedophilia or sex with kids. Um, it is usually we try to talk about other things that I hate in this world, but pedophiles keep coming up on the show and I keep wanting to yell at them. So yeah, uh, send me a t-shirts, man. Uh, just reach out to me. I am not putting my address in any kind of public forum. So you will have to reach out to me, but tune in tomorrow night. For where is her banner? Where's her logo? I've got it right here. I will just switch over to it. <gasps> it's not on here either. What? Oh, it's right here. Boom. Liberty 101. We all need to start somewhere on the path to change. Tune in tomorrow night to find out who our guest host is. Or not our guest host. Our new host is going to be. First time on this network, we will have a female host. And I am super excited. Uh, she is an awesome human being. I know I can say this because she's not listening right now. Uh, so I can say all the nice things about her. And my record is spotless. <laughs> oh, if you were looking for my address, uh, Jennifer Kaiser has graciously posted it <laughs> in the comments. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I hate most things. That is also true. You know me so well. But yes, please tune in tomorrow night. Show our newest host some serious love. And let me tell you, it is going to be a fantastic show. She has got some she's got some opinions. If you think I'm opinionated, boy, wait till you get a hold of her. Uh, she will, she'll take you for a ride and it's, it's, she's, she's a very intelligent woman. She's, she's got some interesting, some ideas on her own. Um, tune in tomorrow night, Monday night, 7 PM Eastern freedom time every Monday, um, until she gets tired of dealing with me. And then I, I have yet to fire a single person, but some of them just choose to leave. And they go on to do bigger and better things, which is great. I hope she stays around a while. She's a lot of fun. I, I really look forward to having her on the Thanksgiving and Christmas special this year. We're going to do those again this year. Actually, you know, she'd be a great addition to the... I might see if she's available for the election night coverage this year. We'll see. I'm taking bids out for, for a co-host for the election night coverage. So if you know somebody you want to see uh, do the election night coverage this year with me, Tell them to holler my way, too. Uh, I'm not doing David Fight again. David Fight was a lot of fun, uh, but I am not putting Mr. Fight through that again. That poor guy suffered a lot. Uh, he tried to keep up with me that night, and I, I'm fairly certain he died, and then the power of Christ compelled him to go back and be punished by continuing to do LP shit. Which leads me into my final comment and my final thing I will leave you all with tonight. Um, I try to leave some advice at the end of these shows if I remember it, which I usually don't, but I want to do it. Uh, 
don't give everything you have to the LP. Don't. You could die tomorrow, and they won't give a shit. You'll get a nice little fluff piece, maybe, if you're lucky. If someone gives a shit enough about you, they'll give you some little fluff piece, and you might get a post on social media or two, and that's it. That's it. You could spend 50 years giving everything you have for this party. At the end of the day, they don't give a shit. Take time for yourself. Take time for your family. Uh, this, this is something I need to practice myself, honestly. I mean, in all reality, um, this party, this party and a lot of the people in it don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about your existence. I do it because I want my boys to live in a better world. Not because I give a shit about the LP winning. If there's a better party that comes along, I am on that party. Call me a bandwagoner, sure. The LP is not... The LP is not this end-all, be-all of freedom. Hell, we have more corruption in this party than... than, than than we should claim to have, right? I mean, if we claim to be these these arbiters of freedom and rights, we, for for a party that claims a lot, they we've we've seen a lot of issues. So, I guess I guess my statement is, take time for yourself. And this is this goes to the people who are who are the 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 five percent who are doing ninety five percent of the work, right? This isn't to the ninety five percent who aren't doing even five percent of the work. You guys aren't doing shit. Do more. But this is to the the 5% that are doing 95% of the work. Take time, man. Take time for yourself. Roll you a fat one. Smoke that thing. Have you a good night. Relax. Brian Lambert, if you're still watching, you sorry sack of shit, take a night off. I threatened Ken Molman in, uh, in Mississippi in a room full of people. I will threaten Spike Cohen if he doesn't give you a night off. And it's probably your fault if you're still watching. It is your fault you don't take an out off because you feel like whatever. And if you're not watching, I will record this little clip and I will send it to you. Because we all need the reminder that we need a night off. We Hell, some of us need a week off. Take a vacation. Do literally anything that is not libertarian related because anybody who works in this party knows the worst thing about being a libertarian is other libertarians. Cut, back, dry. I hate other libertarians almost as much as I hate communists because you guys drive me freaking nuts. Especially this one. Just kidding. Love you to death, Jennifer. Anyways. That is it for tonight. Please, please, please tune in tomorrow night, Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. Show our new host some love. I'm not going to tell you who it is. She's awesome. Uh, Wednesday night, Not A Real Veteran Podcast, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. And then Thursday night, uh, we've got a guy who is running a campaign up in Maryland. No, that is not this week. Who's our guest this week? I guess we don't have a guest this week unless it's, I thought it was supposed to be Matt Whitlock. Maybe I put the wrong day down. No, I didn't. Cause he's, he told me the 14th. Anywho, 
we'll have a guest by Thursday or not. Maybe Will and I will argue about something. I'll find a topic that him and I could argue about. That's a good idea. That would be a great show. Tune in Thursday night for me and Will to argue. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Y'all have a great night. I hope y'all have a great weekend and have a good work week. Don't work too hard. And uh, you're not a real libertarian. Peace out.